Welcome to Crime Talk BK. This is Joanna Perpich, your host, along with uh, Megan Duffy. Uh, Megan, are you on the line? I'm here. Can you? Great. Can you got me? Yes, we can hear you. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, we have a uh, sex cult <laughs> that we're going to be looking into today. It's Crazy. So we're going to be going over the story of Nexium. I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. It is spelled N-X-I-V-M. So stupid. Uh, well, you got to get your branding right if you're going to have a cold. <laughs> well played, girl. And uh, so that's uh, <laughs> it's a really wild story. It's in the news right now because some of these trials are uh, just going up. But um, first, I have some announcements and then news of the week. Uh, So (laughs) for announcements this week, um, we're going to, uh, as per usual, uh, just enlighten you on how 
you can ensure that Radio Free Brooklyn stays strong. Uh, so we are a nonprofit. Every single person that you hear on this station is a volunteer. We make no money off of, off of this. We do this because we love it. And we hope you love it too. And we hope that you would support us through donating. Uh, you can find out more information about us and donate at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And I just cannot emphasize how much of a labor of love this is, uh, not only for the hosts, but for a lot of the people behind the scenes who give up their nights, their weekends to make sure that Radio Free Brooklyn can keep going. So I just want to say thank you to those guys. And also, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you as a listener could say thank you to uh, no amount is too small. All right. So for right. <laughs> news of the week, we have some uh, rape, murder, sorted details. All the usual players. <laughs> so just to kick things off, uh, on Tuesday, um, we had a solution of a cold case which I always think is really exciting, from the 80s. Let me see. Okay. An 80-year-old Queens man was arrested for the rape and murder of two young women in Virginia Beach. Oh, this is from 1973. Wow. I thought it was more recent than that. The 70s. What is that, 40 years? 40-some years, girl, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so Ernest Broadnax was arrested on Monday for the murders of Lynn Sithaller and Janice Petropaula, who were both 19, um, June 30th, 1973. They were staying in a seaside motel in a beach resort town uh, in, I I believe it's uh, Virginia or Pennsylvania. Uh, I got a Virginia beach. And uh, they were raped and murdered in their rooms. And uh, actually, it was a motel employee who found them. Oh, my God. Uh, when they didn't check out on time. I know. That just must... It's it's like a Stephen King movie. Yeah, so bad. So, did they... Was it like the, the new wave of DNA? Like the ancestral DNA? Is that, well, is that how they found him? They... Had a, it sounds like they had a pretty good idea. It was him for a while. They just couldn't find him. Oh. And, uh, yeah, detectives suspected the killer um, through DNA evidence. They suspect that he might have murdered as many as 10 other women in the Virginia Beach area. Wow. Yeah. And, so he, uh, into, and he just went into retirement in Queens? Yeah. He's from here. He he's a veteran, and the way that they got him was was that he applied for housing benefits recently. <laughs> so he's been living off the grid basically for many many years. And his neighbor actually talked to the New York Daily News, and she said it was clear that something had happened in his past, and he 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 would talk about it, but in kind of veiled terms. She always thought that he was talking about atrocities committed during the presumably Vietnam War. 
Right. But really, no, it's a serial killer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, he was 33 at the time of the murders. And uh, so, you know, he's 80 now, has been living with all of this. And it sounds like when the police showed up, he just had this look in his eye. He knew what they were there for. He did not try to pretend it was not him. God damn. I know. That's so crazy. So, I mean, I don't know. It just kind of gives me hope, though. It's that... You know, we might have these cold cases, files gathering dust, but we have some really hardworking detectives who don't give up. Yeah. Yeah, it does give me hope. We're coming for you. Yeah, 10 women? That's crazy. So I didn't even know about that serial uh, series of murders in Virginia Beach. Yeah, that would be something to <laughs> look into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, like, it just kind of, from the sounds of it, like, these two women could have been anyone enjoying a beach, beach vacation, 19 years old, you know, like, uh, staying at a yeah, cheap hotel. Yeah, when you're 19. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, it just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies, especially since it's starting to become beach, you know, beach weather and... Uh, I've been wanting to get out to the Jersey boardwalk for the past couple of years. And I feel like now I'm going to go and get all worried checking into my, you know, like 60 a night room or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe a three to four star hotel girl. Like, <laughs> I'll sleep in my car. Not a, just don't stay on the first floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your car's safer, right? Yeah, yeah, well, because at least then if someone tries to break in, you can just gun it and drive away. <laughs> Turn your alarm on. <laughs> um, and then, uh, let me see. On Thursday, the NYPD has released information that there is an attempted rapist on the loose. Oh, great. So, you know, hopefully they catch him soon. Um. So this is from a few weeks ago, March 8th. Um, this man, uh, his last name is Santos. Uh, he met this woman uh, over, it was like Facebook or Tinder. They'd been talking online for a bit. They'd actually met once before. So this is the second time they're hanging out. She invites him into her apartment for them to do what adults do. <laughs> you know, right. hang out, hook up, whatever. And um, so apparently she is in the bathroom doing her thing. He just busts in, yells, you're going to be mine, grabs her and attempts to rape her. And um, I know. Just get. Oh, my God. And this this woman, I really handed to her. She had the presence of mind to really fight him off. And she screamed for her roommate. I don't know. This guy actually has a bolt loose. Like, I don't know why you would ever try this, especially with a roommate in the other room. So, Honestly. Her- also, like, give her a few minutes. You might, you know, it might go your way. What the fuck? I know. So. Ugh. 
her roommate runs in and starts screaming and is going, I'm going to call 911 and bust her phone out and is like talking to the cops. So he just zips out of there. And um, I mean, fortunately, like this could have gone so much worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. but still, that must be so terrifying. Good on those ladies. And so, yeah. And so the police have a description that they've released of Santos. I'm assuming they've spent the past week trying to track him down the old-fashioned way, but now they're looking for tips. All right, so he is Hispanic, between 20 and 30 years old. He's about five foot five, 145, with brown eyes, brown hair. He was last seen wearing a black jacket, black jeans, black sneakers, and carrying a black backpack. Anyone with information is urged to call the NYPD Crime Stoppers at 800-577-TIPS. That's 800-577-TIPS. And if you're more comfortable talking about this in Spanish, you can leave a uh, tip at 888-57-PISTA, P-I-S-T-A. That's 888-57-PISTA, P-I-S-T-A. So... Your next door neighbor matches this description. (laughs) Mine does, actually. Really? (laughs) Yeah, he's a nice guy, though. Just a little weird. Him and his girlfriend. Dude, I don't even know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's a bomb, too. So it's not. Yeah. (laughs) I'm getting a strong dose of the heebie jeebies this morning. Well, I gotta say, I mean, there's a, this story is, uh, I hate having roommates. I haven't had roommates in years, but this one, this story makes me want to have a roommate. Well, you have some pretty protective cats. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Please. They can't stand it when the motorcycle goes by. (laughs) Oh, God. I remember I first moved to New York. I was like 22. God bless me. And I was finding roommates. Huh? You're such a baby. I know. I don't know why anyone lived with me. (laughs) I was a basket case. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like I'm finding these roommates on Craigslist. (laughs) Oh, God, girl. It's I mean, I guess back then, like how that's how you did it, right? Like you just—it's like you did such it. a wonder that I'm still here. I actually I roomed know. with a con artist. Oh, that was really exciting. Um, I actually uh, years later read this Vogue article about this scam that people do to scam you out of your apartment. Oh yeah, my brother lived with one of those too. <laughs> Her name was Annette. Uh, this she, person went by Z. This mysterious signal letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, New York, it's an interesting ride. So, yeah, I just, like, you know, every time I hear these stories about these women who meet just these complete scumbags online and then they are able to you know, like, bring their story to the police and yeah. really vouch for themselves. I'm always like, I'll send you cookies. 
Oh, honey, I'll bring the wine over. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have another one. This one is a little upsetting, but also a little bit humorous. It has a good ending. Okay. Um. All right. So a on Friday, a former NYP detective was arrested for stalking her ex-lover. Girl, no. I know. Uh, at one point, she also allegedly threw urine at her ex-girlfriend's front door. Okay, what purpose does that serve? It's kind of like a horse head, but you don't really have the resources behind you to... <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching no. mob movies. If you really, If you really want to leave a mark, use cat pee. Right. Oh. <laughs> All right. So police officer Lori Campbell was arrested at her Crown Heights home on Friday for violating an order of protection that prohibited her from going near her former girlfriend. Uh, all right. So Campbell started stalking this poor woman in September of 2017. She sent oh my her 2,400 text messages. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. At that point, you just, like, throw the phone in the trash, like. Yeah. Change the number. And she was using an unmarked police car to follow the woman and her 37-year-old husband. Oh, my God. Right? So, it's like this This relationship had been over for a while. This girl has gotten married. Yeah. Yeah. Talk space, girl. Talk space. I know. Like, maybe think about a therapist. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Yeah, and so then that December, Campbell, uh, she attacked the woman to the point where the victim had to be hospitalized because she has heart problems. Oh, And it probably scared the anxiety, The anxiety that that poor woman has, too, because of this whole thing? No, yeah, this is like multi-level PTSD. Yeah. And then... Afraid afraid to go anywhere by yourself. Just, oh, God. And then on on February 2018, Campbell allegedly spray-painted a security camera outside the couple's home, presumably put there so that they could record their stalker. Okay. Um, So... This is great. Um, the woman's husband chased Campbell until she ran out of breath, which is good pretty good. It's, yeah, it's like he's done with it. Um, now, horrifically, uh, at this point, she's demoted from detective to police officer. So she loses okay. a few rungs, still totally keeps her job at the NYPD. Uh, no, that's not how this is supposed to work. So frustrating. Oh, and she was using work databases to stalk them? Yeah, so transportation databases, like, she clearly can't, I mean, it's like, clear abuse of power. Get rid of her. Yeah, like, let's, like, remove her from, like, a position of power ASAP. I mean, you can't even put her on death duty because she's using the databases. Uh, 
So we'll see how this court case plays out. Uh, let me see. Uh, it sounds like she is currently under investigation. So hopefully, you know, they step up and turn in their colleague, who is ca- clearly a basket case. Yeah. No one deserves 2,000 text messages, cat pee, and stalking like this. I've had my own stalker. It's not fun. Whoa, really? Mm, Long time ago. Yeah. But it's it's creepy. It's scary. You show up and they're sitting in your fucking parking lot waiting for you, sending you weird shit, calling you all the time. It's like, it's just, it's nerve-wracking. Basically go into hiding. Were the police, did they take it seriously? Did you report it? I did report it. Um, they didn't take it seriously. Um, and then eventually we went old school and threatened them. And then they left me alone. I mean, whatever works. Like, yeah. it's just, so, I don't know. I find it so frustrating that these things aren't more vigorously looked at. Yeah, this, I know. This is the 90s, too. Like, no one took it seriously. Yeah, well, then. I'm glad you're okay. I'm Me, too. Glad that this woman and her husband are also okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, miraculously, the family of this next guy is also uh, survived a pretty horrific ordeal, ordeal. on Friday, a, uh, Brooklyn man uh, slashed his wife, stabbed his daughter, stabbed himself, set their apartment on fire. They all made it out okay. They all made it out okay? I don't... Including the guy that started it? I have no idea what was going on in his head. Uh, So apparently, this guy's in Sunset Park in his apartment around 3.30 in the afternoon uh, for clear for reasons that are uh, not yet understood, the suspect, who is in his 60s, uh, like, stabbed his wife in the hand, presumably during an argument. I don't imagine they were just watching Jeopardy. Right. And then his daughter, alarmed, tries to intervene. So he stabs her. Then he stabs himself. And uh, tries to, I guess, cover it all up by setting the apartment on fire. But then... <laughs> I think a neighbor called the fire department. They rush over, put out the flames. Everyone goes to the hospital. They're all doing fine. Except for, you know, the fact that your husband tried to kill you. Yeah. Uh, So he's in custody. Uh, We'll have to wait on more information. But that story just caught my eye because usually when you hear about this, it's such... Horrible news, you know, people are, like, damaged, like, hurt for life or killed. Mm -hmm. So it was was nice to hear that, you know, the ambulance got there in time. Everyone's doing okay. It sounds like he just had a psychotic break. Yeah. Also, it seems like maybe he wasn't fully, I don't know, like, stabbing someone in the hand. It's quite different from, like, attacking them in the chest. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Um, And then, of course, uh, what sparked our interest in today's episode. This week, the former Smallville actress Allison Mack 
pled guilty to racketeering conspiracy and racketeering charges for her improvement in the self-improvement seminar turned sex cult Nexium. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this, this is a crazy story. It kind of has everything. I, like, there's definitely going to be a TV movie about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so, first of all, you know, because you and I are relatively rational human beings. I just can't understand how one gets involved with something like this. Yeah, so let's play the game, Is It a Cult? <laughs> Okay. All right. So, first off, can you just like briefly explain uh, explain the above board Nexium deal? Okay. So it's it's well, it's generally sort of a multi level marketing scheme for um, executive coaching, I guess is what you would call it. And you, you know, so Keith Rainier. Ranieri, I think it's his name, Ranieri, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who, the self-proclaimed smartest guy in the world, has come up with this Ponzi scheme where you buy, you know, $5,000 coaching packages. And then, you know, to make yourself feel better and uh, enlightened, I guess. And then, um, so you buy, you just keep buying these packages very much like the old landmark forum. Um, and, and through that, then you feel so good that you then go ahead and start recruiting people. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just kind of like a pyramid scheme. Now, interesting though, because he was convicted back in the nineties of a, a set of previous pyramid scheme. And he ended up having to pay like $40,000 in fines right before he started Nexium. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> this guy's such a twit. Uh, so, so here he is. He's got, he's got these, and it's all mostly women that he's surrounded himself with. Um, what am I missing? So, well, one thing I would like to add is, uh, you can actually still go to their website, and they've taken most of it down, but they still have their mission statement. Isn't that great? <laughs> All right. Uh, I wrote it down somewhere in these really messy notes. Let's see if I can pull it up. All right. So uh, the main emphasis of the seminars is to have people experience more joy in their lives. In the right. website description, Nexium is a company whose mission is to raise human awareness foster an ethical humanitarian civilization, and celebrate what it means to be human. All right. Mm-hmm. So you have these, like, CEOs, like, actors, uh, like the children of world leaders who mm-hmm. are shelling out all of this money to go to this, like, feel-good camp out near Albany for a week or two. and. Right. The seminars um, last, it's like 12-hour days. You wake up really early. You go to bed super late at night. Uh, they're in charge of your, your meals, like who you talk to. Uh, 
Ranieri sets himself up as this like enlightened guru who asks, or I guess demands that uh, his students call him Vanguard. And uh-huh. I know. his, uh, his uh, first in command, <laughs> like his lieutenant, this woman named uh, Salzman is prefect because she is the first student. And I mean, at this point you're like, all right, buddy, like clearly these students have too much money, but if that's what you want to do, if it makes you feel good about yourself, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, this moment, Nexium does not really seem any more alarming than Gwyneth Paltrow's crystal juice. <laughs> the Goop website. And then... Yeah. And then things take a turn. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So, yeah. So, October of 2017, the New York Times published this expose, right, Mm -hmm. about they interviewed this woman named Sarah Edmondson, who who fled the group. Um, So, they interviewed about her experiences. And... um, she was. Te- she went on to talk about this inner group called DOS, which, after reading about this, is like the uh, master-slave relationship. Yeah, can you tell us what DOS? Did you did you uh, see what DOS stands for? <laughs> well, it yeah. It's, I had the it's it's a loosely translated. Latin phrase that means, um, let me see if I can find it. I think I have it in the... Here I have it. It is... Do So DOS uh, stands for a phrase that I'm not going to try to pronounce that means Lord over obedient female companions. Yep. Master over the slave women. Yep. And it was also sometimes called the vow was also a name they used. To refer mm-hmm. to this group. It's interesting because um, the groups that they say on their literature that it's DOS stands for Dominus Obsequious Sororium. But obsequious is an English word. So the guy with the 240 IQ couldn't get his Latin right. Just did you read the Forbes? So Forbes did a uh, profile on Nexium um in 2003 yeah so this is before the big expo- expose but they were the uh-huh. the article was a little bit skeptical and so Forbes described Ranieri as they they said that he looked either um like an academic college professor type or maybe a uh, broke kid in Brooklyn trying to become mm-hmm. a poet. Yeah. The, that article called him a Sengali, which was, I, thought, I found that article kind of snarky and I enjoyed reading it very much. <laughs> um, but even then, looking in, the reporter was a little bit suspicious. And that was really just looking at the seminars. And they were kind of like, wow, you have a lot of really exhausted executives calling you God all day. Like, maybe it's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, and of art- course, yeah. sorry. article in 2003, right? So mm-hmm. this has been on people's radar for a long time. 
Yeah, and so then this New York Times article comes out, and these women are coming forward with some pretty egregious accusations. Mm-hmm. Like the branding. Yeah, can you, can you tell me a little bit about um, searing your your uh, cult leader's initials into your leg? Yeah, so in order to join this group, DOS, you have to first hand over a bunch of personal collateral, which will ruin you if it's ever released. So those um, are like nude nude photos, uh, talking about past indiscretions, like cheating on your spouse mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, all that stuff. You hand it over. So if you ever try to leave the group or if you ever fail to do the tasks that you're assigned, they can literally ruin you (laughs) so that sounds like a lot of fun um and then once and then there's this branding ceremony where um the new uh recruit dos recruit is on a tape on a table naked held down by the small smallville actress yeah held down by your other dos slaves and Mm -hmm. They take a branding iron and write Keith Ridary's, and I think Allison Mack's initials are in there too, uh, into your skin, which takes about, my understanding is about 40 minutes. Yeah, so I actually looked into this quote-unquote procedure, and some of the women who are in like the true inner cir- circle one of them is a doctor who had this uh, medical device that's used during surgeries to, like, cauterize wounds. Yeah. And it looks like this little pen that gets really hot on the end and is, like, a completely legitimate medical device uh, that, yeah, it looks like a pen. And she would just sit there and, like, sear these initials into your skin. Mm-hmm. And then another uh, woman, so Mac, the woman who uh, pled guilty this past week, who's known for her uh, role in Smallville, she's also one of these like inner inner circle heads of Nexium of this cult DOS. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they would like hold you down, sear you, you're naked. They would also take like sex position, pornographic photos of you to mm-hmm. give to Ranieri, also partially as collateral, but also because of his like weird sex slave, whatever he's trying to do. And this is all like initiation. <laughs> this is just initiation. Well, part of so part of the collateral was just to find out more about the group. Right. So then you have to give another round of collateral, which is even more damaging. And this woman from the New York Times article said she even just made shit up to get into the group. Mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't sound very rational to me. Um, so they collateralized their entire life, like relationships, family, faith, job, like, jobs everything yeah and not only that but like i think that 
like DOS doesn't really make that much sense until you understand just how brutal these seminars are. Because right. the seminars are open to everyone, like male, female, you pay enough money, you can get in. And it is, you're, you're sleeping for like five hours a night. They have their own language. Actually, um, this one woman was trying to get her daughter out of it. So she sent material to this uh, professor, uh, I think with the University of California, who uh, studies cults and like the psychology behind it. <coughs> yeah. And so he uh, like wrote a letter on this woman's behalf where he was saying, here are the reasons why you should be concerned if your loved one is participating in this. And he listed things like, um, you, you're, you're setting up this very intense environment that pe- makes people more malleable towards being controlled. They're, they're tired. Like their whole life during the seminars are based around Ranieri. As this leader, you have like this specialized language to refer to him to refer Mm -hmm. to your fellow participants. Um, And then your loyalty towards him is very, uh, is very like easy to see because they give everyone these bandanas that rank you and your level of dedication. Yeah. By color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting in this room and there is just this very strict hierarchy and everything is about rising in the ranks. And this is again, just for the seminar. And right. so you get these people who they're they're being isolated from their families. They also have to sign NDAs to participate in the seminars, so they cannot talk to anyone outside the seminars about what they're experiencing. You have all these emotions. So it's very easy, I think, to make your whole life about trying to please Ranieri. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you, you know, you've got all these women who who, you know, like every Every, you know, I like to have a great group of girlfriends. I have one. And you want, you know, you call each other sister and you want that closeness. And so now you're surrounded by like-minded women, at least you think you are, who, you know, and no one's eating, no one's sleeping. And it's, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like the perfect storm for brainwashing. Yeah. And so it's like easy for us to look at it and look at this branding and, uh, like Ranieri had a group around 20 women that he would just alternate having sex with. From yeah. the outside, it's easy for us to be like, whoa, crazy town. But it started as something that was maybe a little weird, but mostly innocuous. And then they just build and build. And then you're in a sex cult. Right. Well, the sex trafficking thing comes out of DOS, right? So, yeah. So the slaves were given assignments from their masters, right? And those... Uh, oh, that's the language they use, by the way. Yeah. Yes. I'm... I'm yes. This is the, their vernacular. Um, and some of those assignments were... They were required to have sex with Keith Ranieri, which they then did, because if they didn't, their collateral would be exposed. Mm-hmm. Um... And the uh, pyramid scheme comes in too was was that you had these different levels of slave master, slave master, and in order to be bumped up to master, you had to recruit a certain number of women to the seminar mm-hmm. to DOS before mm-hmm. you could be elevated. Yeah, you know, and so that's kind of where this like sex trafficking comes in. Yeah, 
that's exactly where it comes in. Oh, it's just so brutal. Well, and then on top of all of this wonderful shit, this week, Ranieri gets slapped with, um, let's see if I can find the charges, child, child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some of these girls are underage. Yeah. One was 12, one was 15. And his, you know, his, of course, his scumbag lawyer was like, incest and rape shouldn't be le- illegal. It shouldn't be a crime. Like, you could, come on, dude. Yeah, and also, like, so we've just laid out quite a few things that are quite concerning. <laughs> but then their defense, Nexium's defense this entire time was that everything was consensual. Yeah. And for a while, the authorities kind of bought into that, too. Um, the One of the women who was interviewed by the New York Times said that after she got branded, she really reevaluated her position there and she tried to leave and she went to the police. She went to the um, New York board of health to try to get this doctor's license revoked for branding people with surgical equipment. And everyone was just telling her, well, this doesn't fall under doctor patient relationship and that, well, you technically consented to this. And so even though police were told by many people throughout the years that there were abusive behaviors, uh, the the members did technically consent. And so it was in this legal gray area. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even until, like, the New York Times article came out that it was being taken seriously by authorities. Yeah. Yeah, that's the article that prompted the FBI to start looking into it. And it wasn't even just the New York Times article. It was like New York Times 2020. It just really took off Rolling Stone. And Mm -hmm. it it just kind of got to a point where it it could just not be ignored. But it does also show why cults can kind of get away with this stuff because you are kind of walking this fine line where it's like these women are being blackmailed and brainwashed. Yeah. You know, like, how consensual can it be if you are, like, sleep-deprived? Um, the women that he was having sex with uh, were on these really strict diets because he wanted them to be super skinny. Some of them had even had stopped having their periods. hmm You know, like, how clear are you thinking at this point? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's got the hallmarks, all the hallmarks of a, of a cult. Yeah. Um, uh. And so then eventually the FBI did step in. And as soon as Ranieri catch, catches wind of this, he hauls tail to Mexico. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. And he's surrounded by all of his women supporters. I think, I think um, the Bronfman woman was down there with them at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and he had a campus down there for his little cult, too. Yeah, he did. And um, his Mexican lawyers were sending cease and desist letters from Mexico to the press. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And uh, like, he, he was also just like, I am just a poor, misunderstood intellectual. Why are you so mean to me? Whatever. I know. Look, you know. 
cult leaders. They like to compare themselves to Jesus because he was crucified too. He looks a little like Jesus. They all look a little like Jesus. Like long brown hair. He hasn't shaved in 10 years. (laughs) Well, he got extradited back to the States. (laughs) He did. Um, He did. Let me see. Yeah, so in March of 2018, he's arrested uh, for sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, conspiracy to commit forced labor. Yeah, they're making these women, like, run errands for the masters, do all mm-hmm. this crazy stuff for them. Like, literally slaves. Clean the, uh, Yeah, clean the house, do my errands. And they sold this whole thing as, like, well, imagine if you had six people doing an hour of your chores for you a, a day. Like, that's how they sold it. And I was like, well... Hire a cleaning lady, you know, like, come on. Yeah, it was kind of nuts. But then if you look at what these people were claiming that these seminars and this cult was doing, it was, let me see, like, one person claimed that it would cure scoliosis. No, it does not. Nope. (laughs) Like, what? Um, Yeah, it is just like. I don't know. Like, they're so ensconced in this that they can't... They literally thought that he was Jesus, that he would bring about world peace. Uh, uh, I know. And so, uh, anyway... Ethical humanitarian civilization. But they really ran through the arrests. Like, the FBI was pretty thorough. So, Ranieri got busted. 2018, um, our Smallville actress... She also was arrested, and um, she was indicted on, like, things related to sex trafficking. She pleaded guilty. Oh, no, no. And then we also have, uh, so that's Allison Mack, and she pleaded guilty this past week. And then Salzman was also one of the women who was a founding member. She was arrested March 2019. She also pled guilty to racketeering criminal conspiracy. She's... That, she's crazy. She's a uh, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, mm-hmm. and she confessed to tracking and monitoring people within the group, like stealing their pa- email passwords and and um, also destroying like tapes of uh, Keith's teachings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, She's yeah, she's the has number one, right? Mm-hmm. The prefect, and then her daughter Lauren also was charged, and Lauren admitted this on the second of April that she had enslaved a woman for two years at her home. Two years. I'm just, like, speechless. It's like, you know, yeah, it was, like, literally just a cult. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But also kind of, like, makes me think about, like, CEO culture. And some of this even reminds me a little bit of Firefest and how these, these leaders see themselves. 
you know, as like they just get these ideas. And I can't help but wonder if kind of this like Silicon Valley, like startup Elon Musk, Steve Jobs pedestal that we put some of these folks on, how this kind of contributed to to, to situations like Nexium, mm-hmm. you know, where um, everything is being talked about in terms of lifestyle these days and where having a successful company is so nebulous. It's not really about products anymore. It's about selling this yeah. like image of this life. Yeah. You know, everything is image. And um, this guy just really capitalized on that and kind of found a bunch of sex slaves. Well, I mean, you know, some of these people, like these, the Seagram's era, Bronson, I mean, this woman is loaded. And in the Forbes article from 2003, her, was her father or her grandfather called this group a cult. Mm-hmm. And he just, um, and so she gave the group like $2 million at, at a minimum. Um, but I don't, like, for what? What is she, what is she getting? Is she, did she just, just blindly drink the Kool-Aid? They cured her scoliosis. She, she, yeah. But she already has the image, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's all just like, ugh, I don't know. Um, but I was just wondering, I guess, like, what about, like, researching this really stood out to you, surprised you the most? Just the, I mean, okay, the the claims that he was making himself about himself in the Forbes article, mm-hmm. I, let, me, let me just read you a few. <laughs> Because he claims to have a 240 IQ, and he's the self-described smartest guy on the planet. Is he a member of Mensa? Do you know what that is? Mensa? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A lot of smart people in Mensa. I'm imagining like 240 IQ on his Twitter profile. (laughs) Yeah, right. So he claims he spoke full sentences when he was a year old. Uh, he taught himself high school math in 19 hours when he was 12, and by 13 had learned three years of college math in several computer languages. Yeah. This, what? Okay, buddy. Yeah. It's it's. I don't understand how someone can believe this jackhole to have a 240 IQ. When he's using Yahoo for his email. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, talk about this Yahoo email address. (laughs) When I was going through the the criminal complaint this morning before we got on the phone, and um, the feds started searching his his email account, and there it was, Keith Ranieri at Yahoo.com. Like, (laughs) you got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most was the the people who attended these seminars. It was um one of the like it, like there was like an Enron executive 
Who yeah. attended? Yeah. And I was just well, holding my head in my hands. I'm just like, oh, man. Well, there's rumblings, too. Like, and I couldn't, I didn't have a lot of time to dig through this, but there's rumblings that Eric Schneiderman was involved early on, and he's attended seminars. There's a link to Stormy Daniels, attorney, Michael Avenetti. There's, oh. you know. Um, Nixium gave a ton of money to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, um, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was just like this, like, weird rich person social retreat. Mm-hmm. But they were just mm-hmm. everywhere. I know. it, And they didn't do and anything. I know. They claimed, they also like to claim that Richard Branson had attended some of these seminars, but when, of course, when... Here he's arrested. He's like, nope, that wasn't me. So, they all very hush hush and secretive, and uh, it's almost kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like the Masons. Yeah, you know? a lot of money, secret societies, weird shit behind the scenes. Although I'm not sure if the Masons branded anyone. <laughs> no, they. I'm. I'm gonna probably say they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's just a nutso story. And Ranieri is actually going to trial, right? Oh, he is. It's that the jury selection starts at the end of this month. Yes. Um, I did. I did find out last night that I may have a, a a reporter friend going to cover it for a magazine. That's amazing. So, well, if, if your friend that, wants to come <laughs> on uh, Crime Talk, let me I know. Told- I told them, I was like, look, we want a five-minute synopsis every Saturday morning on what happened that week. Oh, we can have a call-in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I'm just so impressed with the reporters who latched onto this story and have been following it from day one because there was some local news from Albany who was like, hey, guys, we think there might be yeah. a cult here. And it's just like no uh-huh. one paid them any attention. So... Yeah, you know, like, good job for keeping your nose to the ground and, like, following the money and craziness. Yeah, there's also uh, one of his old bookkeepers is a, has a big hand in uh, revealing a lot of this information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if so, you're in a cult, stop that guy. call, call your dad. a reporter. Call your dad. <laughs> all right, well, I think that's all for today's show. Uh We'll have more absurdity next week. This has been Crime Talk BK. Please join us every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to noon. Uh, We'll have more stories of sex, murder, schemes. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back soon. Bye. Vous avez lu l'histoire de Jesse James Comment il vécu Comment il est mort Ça vous a plu, hein Vous en demandez encore Eh bien, écoutez l'histoire de Bonnie and Clyde. Alors voilà, Clyde a une petite amie. Elle est belle et 
son prénom c'est Bonnie. À eux deux ils forment le gang Barrow. Leur nom Bonnie Parker et Clyde Barrow. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Moi lorsque j'ai connu Clyde autrefois. C'était un galoyal honnête et droit. Il faut croire que c'est la société qui m'a définitivement abîmé. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Qu'est-ce qu'on n'a pas écrit sur elle et moi Prétend que nous tuons de sang-froid C'est pas drôle mais on est bien obligé De faire taire celui qui se met à gueuler Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Chaque fois qu'un policeman se fait buter un garage ou qu'une banque se fait braquer Pour la police ça ne fait pas de mystère C'est signé Clyde Barrow Bunny Parker Bunny and Clyde Bunny and Clyde 